Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm just taking a second to uh, look around the room, and um, it's so wonderful to see you all uh, tonight. If we've never met, uh, my name is Larry, and my uh, claim to fame is I'm a senior member of the North family, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here tonight, uh, that we celebrate together uh, the birth of Christ, uh, that God, uh, here's, the, here's the idea, that you are so loved, and I'm so loved by our Heavenly Father, that he bundled up his only son and sent him here to live among us, to walk among us, to teach us how to live, and to give us a pathway home uh, back to the Father. And we gather on Christmas Eve to celebrate this occasion that God's Son came and lived among us, that Christ was born, and we get to celebrate that, and we celebrate it in so many ways. And one of my favorite things about the Christmas season is just being home. There's something about being home, isn't there? And and just having Christmas with your family, having Christmas people that you love and know. And and uh, Thomas Wolfe, the author, once said that you can't can never go home again. Um, but I prefer Robert Frost, who said that home is the place that where when you get there, they have to take you in. And and I like Robert Frost's idea better. But it, it's such a privilege. And and one of the things I've always loved about this Christmas season, are there are traditions, Christmas traditions. Do you guys have Christmas traditions? Yeah, no kidding, we had some. My brother's here, and one of the Christmas traditions we had in our family growing up was that, that when he was a little kid, uh, oh, right on through high school, um, every year at Christmas, we would uh, start to, you know, pass out the gifts, and we'd realize that somebody had torn off pieces of, his presents to try to peek to see what was inside uh, ahead of Christmas time. So you'd have these poorly patched up uh, packages, and, and sometimes if he couldn't patch it right and didn't have, there, there would just be random paper over the patch, and and it kind of uh, we'd give him a hard time, and it kind of became a, a family tradition to uh, see where my brother had you know tried to open a present and get a look at what was on the inside. One of my favorite traditions. Uh, is he, uh, no, he can't deny it. That's the good thing. Um, one of my favorite traditions in our home as our sons were growing up was uh, we called it the uh, Christmas safari. And every year on the 23rd, uh, we would uh, get the boys in a room, and Jen and I would take all of the stuffed animals we could find, and we'd plant them in places around the house, um, you know, like maybe in the, up in a doorway where, so when you open the door, it would fall uh, on somebody or around a corner. We just, and then we'd, we'd darken the room and everybody had to wear a helmet of some kind. Everybody got a flashlight and we'd start in one of their bedrooms and we would have a safari through the house and I would tell them a story uh, about animals and getting, you know, and the danger and all, and we would crawl through our house with animals falling on them and Jenna throwing animals at them from strategic places. And, and we would do this, and then we would end up, and the story would end at the Christmas tree, uh, and then we would camp under the tree that night, uh, and the next morning get up and keep the boys in their pajamas and go to the local restaurant for 
uh, breakfast and let them wear their pajamas to breakfast. But we would do that every year. And I got a picture um, yesterday or this morning, I think maybe, our son who lives in Chicago, who's like four degrees right now, bless his heart, um, and they just finished their, their Christmas safari. <laughs> Keeping, keep the tradition going, right? And that's what I, I love about the traditions. One of the traditions that I've thought, I've imagined in my mind, uh, that must have been so cool, but can you picture that every year after the birth of, the, of Christ, the shepherds would find their way back to that place where the angels had appeared? Can, can you imagine that, that every year making that trek back up the hill uh, outside of Bethlehem uh, to the place that the angel had appeared and said, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, that to, in this day in the city of David, a Savior is born and he is Christ the Lord. And they were witnesses to that. The shepherds were there when the angels appeared. And well, okay, so... All right, I get you might be thinking, but Larry, that's all well and good, but I don't even believe in angels. So here's a little story for you. Uh, my, my, my sister, my baby sister, passed away from pancreatic cancer a few years ago. And, and um, one afternoon, I went into her room, and I grabbed her hand, uh, and she hadn't been talking anymore. Um, in fact, she passed away that night. Um, but I grabbed her hand, and she opened her eyes. And one of her sons had come in the room with me. And she opened her eyes, and she said, Larry, I know who you are, and I know who Michael is, but who are all the other people in this room? <laughs> and I, I looked at her, and I said, oh, sis, those are all the angels. They've come to escort you home. They're here for you. And, and then I said to her, you know, Sandy, when I, when, when I go, I'll be lucky to get one. You have a whole room full of angels that have come to take you home. And she passed away that night. So do I believe in angels? You bet I do. Because I've been with them. Well, the shepherds sure believed in angels because they saw them that night. And I can imagine every year them making that trek, a pilgrimage to that place where they saw them to be reminded of God's goodness, be reminded um, of the miracle uh, of that night when Christ was born. And now we get to celebrate that story that God loved us so much that he sent his son for us. One of my favorite Christmas stories isn't actually a Christmas story. It's in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. But, but it's, it's a story that Jesus told uh, some people one day because he wanted them to understand what their Heavenly Father was like. He wanted them to, he wanted them to understand who he was and, and what he was like. And so he told them this story. He, he said one day, uh, he said there was a man once, and he had two sons, and he was a wealthy rancher, and one day his youngest son came to him and he said, Father, in essence, he said, Father, I can't wait for you to die. I want my inheritance now. I'm tired of working on this old ranch. I'm tired of living here. I want to go and have fun and I want to do whatever it is that I want to do. And, and I just want to live my life. And Jesus said that, Father, 
who would have been brokenhearted, but he somehow divested property, got money, gave his son his share of his inheritance. And the story goes that that son went off and to a faraway land and, and he partied and he played and he spent all of his money. He spent everything that he had. And well, he had money. He had all kinds of friends. But the money ran out. And as this, Jesus told the story, the, the money ran out. And about the same time, a severe famine hit the land. And there's no food. And so here's this young man. He's got no skills. He's got no home. Uh, there's a famine in the land. He's out of money. And all of his friends have disappeared. And he's on the verge of starving to death. So he, and, and he hires himself to a pig farmer, which was awkward for a good Jewish boy. He hired himself off to a pig farmer, and he got so hungry that the very pods they fed the pigs looked good to him. And then one day, he said, he came to his senses, and he thought to himself, even my father's servants live better than this. Even my father's servants have food to eat and a, and a roof over their head, a place to live and meaningful work, and they, they live better than this. And so I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to my father, and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer, I no longer have the right to be called your son, but could I just be a hired servant? Can I just work here for you? And so that boy started his walk home. And as he walked back toward home, he kept, I'm sure he kept rehearsing that line. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Could I just come and work here? Could I be one of the servants here? But what, what the young boy didn't know is that every day his father would go out to the porch and he would stare down the road, hoping that today might be the day that his son would come home. And, and every day he went and he would look for his son. And little did he know that even at that time, his son is starting to walk toward home. And one day he's out on the porch and he looks down the road and he sees his son, his son that had broken his heart, his son who had left the family, left the ranch, left everything and squandered his money and embarrassed the family, dishonored his family and his whole community. But when his father saw the son, the father's heart broke. And Jesus said that that father, he pulled up his toga and started to run. And he ran down the street. You know, in first century uh, towns like that, they would have all of the homes would be sort of cloistered together. And then you would walk out to the fields, uh, you know, to where you planted things or where the cattle were, whatever. And all the houses were, so I'm sure that there's some kind of commotion and people are starting to come to their doors, come to their windows. They're starting to look, what's going on? And here's this man running with his toga pulled up, running down the road toward who knows who. And when he got to his son, his son started this little speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. And, and before he could get it all out, his dad threw his arms around him and kissed him and welcomed him home, and he told the servants, bring the best robe. You know who had the best robe in that family? The dad. He said, bring my best robe and put it on him, 
and, and put a, a ring on his finger and, and sandals on his feet. You see, the servants went barefoot, but the family always wore sandals. And a ring was a sign of authority and entitlement, and, and you belonged. You had authority as a member of the family, and a robe is a token of your acceptance into that family. And the father didn't hesitate, but made all of those things happen. And he told his servants, go and kill the fatted calf, the one that we've been saving for a big celebration. He, and, you know, if, if, if they'd have just been saying, hey, let's just have a, a nice dinner as a family. Let's, let's kill the goat. Let's, you know, something like that. They would have some smaller animal. But the fattened calf, the fattened calf, I mean, you were going to invite the whole city, the whole community were going to come to your party. You were going to feed them all. And that's what that father did. He welcomed them all. And he welcomed his son because he said, because my son who was lost is found. My son who was dead is, is now alive and he's back into the family. And so here's, here's the point for us tonight is that the story of Christmas is that we may have wandered far away we may have done some things that we feel like there is no going back for me. There is no hope for me. But what Christmas tells us is that our Father has been waiting, and he's been watching, and he's been looking for us, that the day that we turn our eyes toward home, he's ready for us. He's ready for us to come home, that we are always welcome in his house, no matter how far we've gone no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we think we are, our Heavenly Father is waiting to welcome us home. You see, Christmas says that God loved us so much that he provided a way for those of us who'd gone far away, for those of us who were lost, to come home. That, that we are always welcome in his home. You are always welcome in his home. So Christmas, this Christmas, I don't know where you find yourself in a story like that. If you feel like, man, I've gotten so far away, there is no hope for me, and I've, it's a nice service, thank you very much. But I want you to know that your father's been waiting. He's been looking. He is anxious to welcome you home. And if, if you turn your heart and your eyes toward home, you will find his embrace. You will find his welcome. You'll experience his love. Because he, how much more do you want him to love you that he would send his son? How much more could he do than he would ask his son to leave the glory of sitting at his right hand, to come to earth, to live among us, to die on a cross, to be raised again, to give us that chance to come home? So you see, Christmas for me is that it's another, it's a reminder of the, fr the freedom we have, the opportunity that we have to come home. No matter where you are, you are welcome home. And I am so glad that we get to celebrate that tonight. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful we can sit here and take a deep breath and celebrate your incredible love for us. Father, that you are waiting and you are looking and you are waiting for us to turn our eyes back toward home. 
and you will embrace us and you'll put a robe on us and a ring on our finger and shoes on our feet. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the beauty of this day, this story. Thank you that we celebrate your love for us through Jesus. Thank you for the miracle of the first Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for having a place that we can call home. We'll give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.